Luke uh, 22, verse 53. Well, I'm going to start with verse 42. Well, let's start with verse 39. And he came out and went, as he was wont, to the Mount of Olives, and his disciples also followed him. I believe it's true that Jesus never spent a night in Jerusalem except it was by force. And when he was at the place, he said unto them, Pray that ye enter not into temptation. And he was withdrawn from them about a stone's cast and kneeled down and prayed, saying, Father, if thou be willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. There appeared an angel unto him from heaven, strengthening him. And being in agony, he prayed more earnestly. And sweat, as it were, great drops of blood falling down to the ground. I got to pause there to say, Jesus Christ spoke everything that is visible and invisible, thrones, principalities, powers, into existence. And when he began to pray more earnestly, it interested me. And he rose up from prayer, and he came to his disciples. He found them sleeping for sorrow. I have been so tired that I couldn't stay awake, no matter how what the emergency was, no matter how bad off it was. I just could not stay awake. It was up so long. I just could not stay awake. My wife and my brother and I and a few other people went diving down to Keys and went to this special restaurant called the Castaways. It was 50 miles from our motel. We had dove all day. And we decided to go down there and have some honey biscuits. If you've never had honey biscuits in Marathon, a restaurant called the Castaways. Now, that's worth coming for. <clears throat> that's worth coming. You ought to write that down. <clears throat> you stick your finger in them and you pour honey in it. Eat the whole thing one mouth. And we decided to go down there and on the way home, 50-mile ride, I couldn't stay awake driving. It's usually not good not to be able to stay awake driving. So I said to my brother, you got to drive. And he drove. I drove about a mile, maybe two miles, and then we had to pull over. And then he drove a mile or two miles and pulled over. And I drove a mile or two miles and pulled over. And he drove a mile or two miles and pulled over. Finally, we said to Kathy, we're going to pull over, and we're all going to sleep in a car with a paid reservation at a Holiday Inn. If somebody isn't able to drive home, because as much as I wanted to be there in that wonderful, comfortable bed at the Holiday Inn in Marathon, or up the Keys away, I could not stay awake long enough to do it. So that's where these guys were. By the way, the end of the story is she drove all the way. She made it. Unbelievable woman. She made it home. I mean, I'm here, so we made it. So don't be too tough on the, on the old boys. They had been, it had been busy. It had been busy. They hadn't slept much. 
And they were sorrowful because he said, I'm going to be crucified. I'm going to be taken by the hands. He told them ahead of time. He told them, this is what's going to happen. I'm going to be taken by these wicked people. And they're going to do whatever they want to do to me. And they're thinking, not you. You know, Peter took him to the side and they said, not so. And he said, get behind me, Satan. For you do not know the will or ways of God, really. And right now, in the situation we're at here in America, we don't know the will and ways of God. Don't try to outguess him. And he said unto them, Why sleep ye? Rise and pray, lest ye enter into temptation. <clears throat> While he had spoke, behold, the multitude that was called, uh, that he, and he that was called Judas, one of the twelve, went before them and drew near unto Jesus to kiss him. But Jesus said unto him, Judas, betrayest thou the Son of Man with a kiss? Satan comes as an angel of light, as a minister of righteousness, and he betrays you with a kiss. And when they were about, and, and when they which were about him saw, what would follow, they said unto him, Lord, shall we smite with the sword? And one of them smote the servant of the high priest and cut off his right ear. Jesus answered and said, Suffer ye thus far. And he touched his ear and healed him. And Jesus said unto the chief priests, the captains of the temple and the elders which were come to him, be ye come out as against a thief with swords and staves? And here is the text verse, verse 53. This verse, the Holy Spirit just nailed and kept drilling in my head this week. When I was daily with you in the temple, you stretched forth no hands against me. But this is your hour and the power of darkness. You remember General MacArthur? A few of you do. He left defeat in defeat of the Philippines in World War II, but later returned to win victory. Moses left Egypt in defeat, and all seemed lost at 40 years old, but he returned later at 80 years old to claim victory. Israel left in humiliating defeat at Ai, to return later to rout the enemy and win the victory. Pearl Harbor was a gruesome, agonizing defeat for the United States. But a few years later, there was glorious victory as the Japs, as my dad would refer to them, having fought against them, signed the peace accord on the battleship Missouri. Daniel looked as though he were dead meat for the lions until God turned it around and has had his accusers be their food. The three Hebrew boys looked as though they would be human toast as they were thrown into the fire, not realizing God was going to deliver them till they were in the fire. 
It was Israel appeared totally defeated and demoralized by this man called Goliath, 13-foot possible giant of a man that learned war from his youth up. He knew nothing but how to fight and kill people until God brought up this little, probably 17-year-old shepherd boy with a no armor at all but a little sling and five smooth stones. Why did he take five stones? People have always asked me that. Because Goliath had four brothers. Because he wasn't arrogant. He was humble. He knew God was going to help him, but he didn't know it would be the first stone, second stone, third stone, or fourth stone, or fifth stone. He picked the five stones out and put one in his sling. And that arrogant giant who said, I am going to call the birds of the air to feast upon your dead body. You're powerless and helpless. Lay there. Knocked out by the rock and beheaded by this little 17-year-old boy. The captives of Jerusalem and Judea lost all hope of their country ever existing again when God judged them with the invasion of Babylon. But 70 years later, miraculously released them by a king called Cyrus, who not only released them, but financed their return to Jerusalem and used the taxes that was collected by that area to rebuild the walls and temple and asked that he would be prayed for by those people. It was Esther that thought all was lost when her people and Mordecai, her stepfather, was getting ready to be killed by Haman until God turned it around and had Haman hung on the very gallows that he made for Mordecai. What am I getting at? Christ Jesus seemed to have been totally rejected in our text. He seemed to be totally unable to defend himself. It seemed to be like all hope was gone. The disciples, three and a half years of teaching, watching the miracles, they knew he could walk on water. They knew he could make food for 15,000 out of a couple little baskets. They knew he could cast any demon out that ever came to him because the demons would fall on their face and say, and give him reverence and call him the Son of God and the Holy One of Israel. And they, they, he knew he had power over the kingdom of darkness. They had seen people that had paralysis their whole life be able to get up, walk, and jump around. They saw blind people that were born blind without eyes, get eyes and could see. They saw people that were dead, being carried out to burial, raised from the dead, with no other possibility than God himself did it. Here they are in the Garden of Gethsemane. I've been in that area, walked around on that. It's not a big place. It's not a big place. 
and thought about that. How they were sorrowful of heart, full of sorrow. And maybe you this morning have sorrow of heart. And they were wondering if it all was lost. But what they didn't understand is what Jesus said in our text verse. It is your hour and the power of darkness. Even the power of darkness gets a moment in time. Even Satan has his day. Hell is a long time, forever and ever, to be encapsulated in absolute darkness and personal torment. God in his mercy, for those who even reject him and disbelieve him, give, he gives them their moment, their, their hour of rejoicing, their moment of thrill and seeming victory. This was probably Tuesday. Wednesday, I believe, was the crucifixion. You can believe it was Friday. That's all right. You can believe whatever you want. He was crucified. Three days and three nights, I know. If I add them up, it had to be pretty much Wednesday. So I think he was crucified. It looked hopeless, but all I can say this morning is Sunday is coming. Sunday is coming. The day of victory is around the corner. The day of resurrection, the destruction of the power of the evil one is just around the corner. The Bible says at the princes of that time, and I believe it's speaking of spiritual princes, no one that the crucifixion would end up being their demise. They would not have crucified the prince of glory. They wouldn't have done it. They thought they were really having the victory when they nailed him to that old rugged cross. They thought they were winning when they scourged him to a bloody pulp. They thought they were having the upper hand when they mocked him as he hung on that old rugged cross and jeered him and said, you, you healed others, but yourself you can't. You saved others, but you can't save yourself not realizing that it was for them he was dying. For them, he was paying for the sins of every sin that was ever committed and ever could be committed. It was at that moment that he was satisfying the very justice of God for all sin. And people could receive that forgiveness by repentance and faith in him. They didn't understand it, did they? They were too close to it. You know, it's been said people cannot judge their own history. You and I cannot judge where we're at right now. We cannot. We're too close. We're down amongst it. We can't see the big picture. But 500 years from now, the picture will be much clearer. Or 100 years from now. And whatever happens... As he was telling his disciples, he just, just got to trust. Trust God for it. Jesus, it seemed, had lost everything. He had lost his credibility by not saving himself. He lost his dignity by not defending himself. He lost his reputation by not refuting his accusers. 
He was quiet. As a lamb before his shears is dumb, so he opened not his mouth. He lost his modesty by not covering himself and being hung naked on a cross. He lost his authority by not revenging himself, at least to the disciples and those around him. He lost his life, it seemed, by not revealing himself. Don't you, once in a while, when you read through the Gospels, want to tell Jesus, just tell him who you are. Just tell him you were born in Bethlehem. He wouldn't even tell them that. They said, well, you're from Nazareth, and we know that no prophet comes out of Nazareth. They were correct, partially. But being partially correct is being all wrong. The Bible in Micah 5.2 said that the, the Messiah was going to come out of Bethlehem. Oh, Bethlehem, thou effort to, though they'll be small among a, a village or a, of, of the villages, uh, towns of uh, Israel, yet out of these shall he come forth to me that is to be ruler. So they knew that the Messiah was to come out of this little village five miles from Jerusalem called Bethlehem. And so when they heard he was from Nazareth, they said this could not be the Messiah. Now he had everything else going for him, all those other testimonies I just mentioned, but because he wasn't born and raised in Bethlehem, he could not be the Messiah. The problem was he was born and raised. Don't you want to say, Jesus, all you got to do is tell him, I'm of the house of David, of the tribe of Judah, and I was born in Bethlehem. That would have changed our whole world. But he didn't. All was lost. The disciples were sorrowful. Why? Because the kingdom was gone. The disciples... Their ministry was gone. The miracles were gone. The sweet, kind words of Jesus was gone. All was dark. Three and a half years wasted. Why? Because this was their hour and the power of darkness. Enjoy it, Satan, but you have an end. Enjoy the party, demons but you have an end. Squeeze every drop of pleasure out of it, evil one, but your end is coming because Sunday is coming. Sunday is coming. Live it up, Caiaphas. Enjoy your religious power and pomp because Sunday is coming. Live it up, Pilate. Relish the applause of man because Sunday's coming. Live it up, Herod. Glee in your mistreatment and carnival expectations of the Messiah. But Sunday's coming. Live it up, Judas Iscariot. Greedily squeeze every lousy silver coin that you sold your soul for, because Sunday's coming. Live it up, you false witnesses. Revel in your lies and contrive stories because Sunday's coming. Live it up, angry mob. Rejoice in yelling, crucify him, crucify him. But Sunday's coming. This is your hour and the power of darkness. Live it up, Barabbas. Have a spell that you got away with murder. But Sunday's coming. Lift, live it up, soldiers. Laugh at, laugh at the Savior. Mock him. Hit him, slap him, play the king's game. 
bow down, crown him with a crown of thorns, put a purple robe on him. But Sunday is coming. Rejoice all those who pass by, who wag their heads and stuck out their lip, casting out words of criticism as he hung upon that old rugged cross. But Sunday is coming. The stone is soon to be rolled away. The light will be breaking. The new day is dawning. The grave could not hold him. The devil could not stop him. Death could not keep him. Glory to God, he is risen from the dead. And with Christ's resurrection is our resurrection. Because he lives, we shall live also. Because he overcame the power of darkness, we will overcome the power of darkness. All he said has been proven true. All he did has been proven true. I like the song, Up from the grave he arose with a mighty conquering of his foes. Enjoy your hour, pro-abortionists. The Sunday is coming. Enjoy your hour, feminists. But Sunday's coming. Enjoy your hour, LGSTP. But Sunday's coming. Enjoy your filthy mouth, vulgar rappers. Enjoy what you're doing. But Sunday's coming. Enjoy your talk show hosts and comedians and late night. But Sunday is coming. Enjoy the transgenderists that want a rooster to marry a rooster. But Sunday is coming. Enjoy your liberals. But Sunday is coming. Enjoy your pornography folks and Playboy folks and Howard Hughes folks. But Sunday is coming. Enjoy it, you skeptics, critics pseudo-intellectuals that think you have the whole thing figured out. But Sunday is coming. Enjoy it. 96 Super Q, 99X, Cat Country. But Sunday is coming. Enjoy it. This is a blast from the past. Madonna. But Sunday is coming. Enjoy it. Hollywood or as some say, Hollywood. But Sunday is coming. Enjoy your hour, evolutionists. But Sunday is coming. Enjoy your hour, rewriters of history. But Sunday is coming. Enjoy your hour, Christian rockers that have taken the word of God and put it to the unholy dance music of the world. But Sunday is coming. Enjoy it, anti-spankers, child right activists. But Sunday is coming. And brother, things are going to be righted. The wrongs are going to be righted. The Bible says every deed done in the body 
is going to be given an account in that day. Now, you've got a choice, and I have a choice. We can answer for our deeds done in our body, our sins especially I'm talking about, and we can answer for them before Jesus at the great white throne judgment, or you can repent and trust Christ as your Savior and be brought into the power of the resurrection and the victory of Christ over death, hell, and the grave, and you can let Jesus answer for your sins and join into the kingdom of God. It's a beautiful place. It's a beautiful place. I rejoice that someday judgment and justice is going to flow over this world like the, like the waters cover the ocean. You'll not have to say no the Lord. For all will know me from the greatest to the least. As born-again believers in this dark place, we feel alien. We feel as strangers, pilgrims, don't we? We don't feel like we belong to this place because we don't. We don't. There'll be no victories without battles. Many people want the resurrection of Christ without the Calvary he had to go through. We born-again believers don't have that. We must go through the Via Della Rosa, as it were, in this life. There's no joy without suffering. You must have slavery to enjoy freedom. You must have pain to enjoy relief. You must have a rainy day to enjoy a sunny day. You must have a headache to enjoy a day without a headache. People have never had headaches, you're missing something. You ever had a migraine that puts you in a fetal position? What it does for you is it helps you to enjoy every day that don't happen. I wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy. But when it happens, God does something good for you. How many here have ever had the gout? Uh, gout will make you squeal, brother. God will make you... God will make you want to die. But you can't enjoy the good days with when you can. Right now, the fireman sitting there in a wheelchair. He broke his foot suddenly, out of nowhere, boom. I want you to look at this, but he has a new understanding of this he never had before. I'm walking without pain. He can't do that. And God's doing that for you, brother. So someday when you do this, you're going to be, glory to God, hallelujah. People think you're crazy. What you doing? Oh, you don't understand. There was a couple months, three months or whatever it was in my life, I couldn't even take a step without agonizing pain. So what it ended being is pain is your friend to help you appreciate the goodness that God gives you. I like that. I shaved my head a while back. I mean, shaved it like Dr. Gillespie. I did that because I wanted to know what it felt like to be bald. And you know what I eventually decided. It was better to have hair than be bald. But 
if I had to go bald, I'm good with it. I'm good with it. But I just had to know what it was like. I felt like a, a skunk dog. You shave your dog, ever shave your dog, all the hair off of him, it runs around with his tail between his legs, goes hiding in a corner. That's the way I felt like. Now I know you guys got used to it. When the wind would blow, I'd feel the cool on my head. I'd never felt that before. I'd feel that cool, and I'd say, what is that about? You have to have loneliness to enjoy reunion. Man, I miss some folks. I miss some people. I'd about give everything I had if I could spend five minutes with my dad. Maybe 10 minutes. But that's going to make it all the better when I do same. You must have grief to enjoy gladness. You must have sickness to enjoy health. If you go to God and say, give me some gratitude, get ready. There's only one way to get gratitude. You've got to have things taken away from you. When they're taken away from you, and they're, if they're ever given back, oh, you're a better person. You're a better person. You must have crying to enjoy laughing. You must have dying to enjoy the resurrection. God lets us go through this life in pain and see the grief that we see and the trouble we see, because someday when we get on the other side, where there is no more pain and there is no more suffering and there is no more heartache and there is no more sorrow and there is no more crying, you'll enjoy it like you could never could have if you were a created angel. You ever think about that? The created angels, they can't enjoy it. They're not going to be able to enjoy it like we enjoy it. No. You may say to me, brother, I'm in the battle of my life. The darkness is all around me. I smell the very breath of Satan. The very pangs of grief surround me. All I can tell you is Sunday is coming. The sands of time are sinking. The dawn of heaven breaks. The summer morn I've sighed for. The fair sweet morn awakes. Dark, dark has been the midnight, but day spring is at hand. And glory, glory dwelleth in Emmanuel's land. I like when Years ago at Bob Jones University, uh, Lester Roloff came with the four honeybees. Now, I feel sorry for you if you've never heard Lester Roloff and the four honeybees. Has anybody here heard Lester Roloff and the four honeybees? You have? You have? I believe you have. At chapel at Bob Jones University, there were 6,500 people there when I went. There was 1,100 preacher boys. People called the ministry. We would gather a chapel in one, one building, and a lot of times the speakers, I mean, speakers come, speak, you know, there's some, you know I'm, I'm just going to tell you the truth. Some are good, some aren't so good, some are average, some are, you know, whatever. 
But I didn't know Roloff was coming. I never really heard of much of Roloff. But all of a sudden, this man, this old man, he walked like a Texan. What was that, bow-legged? He walked like he'd been on a horse too long. Old Lester Roloff walked up to the pulpit, and he said something, and people, there was a stirring among the 6,500 students, because many of them knew him. There was a stirring among them. I could feel it. I thought, what's going on? Who is this guy? What's going on? And I remember behind him came these four girls all dressed the same, two on one side of him and two on the other, and they walked up to him. Mike's right here, and these girls walk up to him, and they sing. They begin to sing this close harmony, real close harmony, barbershop kind of close harmony. And their voices were like angels. His voice was rough. And they began to sing this song. It may be at morning when the day is awaking, when sunlight through darkness and shadow is breaking, that Jesus will come in the fullness of glory to receive from the world his own. Oh, Lord Jesus, how long, how long till we sing the glad song? Christ returneth, hallelujah, hallelujah, amen. I sound like him, but I don't have my honeybees. Hallelujah, amen. It may be at midday. It may be at twilight. It may be perchance that the blackness of midnight will burst in the light in the blaze of his glory when Jesus receives his own. Well, by this time, the whole 6,500 folks, we are fired up. We are fired up. God came and encouraged us as a student body. I like the last verse. It says, they sang, Oh, joy, oh, delight, should we go without dying. No sickness, no sadness, no dread, no crying. Caught up through the clouds with our Lord in the glory when Jesus receives his own. Sunday is coming. Trust in God. Put your head down. Work. Pray. Do what's right. Because Sunday is coming. Whatever suffering you find yourself to be in or will find ourselves to be in, Sunday is coming. Father, help us. Help us. If you would like to know more about the Lord Jesus Christ, you may contact us at the church website, gospelbaptistchurch.com, or you can go to Facebook and type in Gospel Baptist Church Bonita Springs, Florida. Also, you could call the church office at 239 239- 947-1285. Thank you and God bless.